Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. We wanted them to be brand ambassadors for us and have positive recognition of our organization. That's only one of the reasons why Lisa and Sarah says every organization needs a corporate alumni network. Lisa is the Senior Director for Talent Acquisition at Sodexo, a French food services and facilities management company. Their corporate alumni network's name? It's Reconnections, spelled with an X. It was founded in 2008. And the goal? To support brand advocacy, business development, and acquisition of talent. Today, they count over 13,400 members. Reconnections makes it possible for Sodexo to stay in touch with a huge industry-experienced talent pool, invaluable in today's competitive labor market. And Lisa's advice? Never break contact. Always stay in touch. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Excited to be here. It's good to see you again. Lisa, you've been with Sodexo for 31 years. That's a very long time. (laughs) And for 15 of these years, you've been responsible for recruiting strategies. With development since COVID, we see that organizations are facing more and more challenges with attracting top talent. And people, as we see in recent studies, spend less time at one organization before they move on to another. I'd love to hear some insight into what today's challenges are in recruiting and how corporate alumni networks can potentially provide solutions. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about that. What's happening with today's challenges, we are reopening from the pandemic. Right now, we've entered into a time that they are now calling the Great Resignation. That means there's many people who have evaluated their personal life their careers and making that decision to change. Uh, A lot of companies previous to the pandemic and COVID would not consider folks working from home. And now we're in an environment where we are um, competing nationally with other organizations that we weren't competing with before. And so that makes the competition for talent that much greater. You have to become a company now with flexibility. That is the number one thing that candidates are looking for. And we have to move fast um, because if you don't move fast, you're losing talent. Why alumni? This gives us the opportunity to tap into that candidate pool at a time when we know the candidate pools are tight. Excellent. So how do you try and tap those candidate pools with a corporate alumni network like Reconnections. You have a very special alumni network with a huge number of members. You're at 13,400 right now. That's very impressive. Tell us a little bit about how you tap talent. Yeah, our program is pretty mature. It's been around since 2008. We had the luxury going into the pandemic that we had a stable program in place, that communication and foundation had been in place. We had been 
engaging our former employees for quite some time. In the past, we uh, would tap into that pool. We track them as external hires, even though they're former employees. And so from an external hiring perspective, our former employees make up 20% of our hiring. That was pre-pandemic. We stayed in contact with them from within the first 30 days of them leaving the organization. There is consistent communication that we engage them with, e-communication. But one of the things from a, from a candidacy perspective that gives us that number um, of 20% is we do give them access to our positions as if they were internal candidates. Whereas you would normally have uh, positions that were only available to internal talent versus external talent, uh, they are treated as if they were internal talent. And so this gives them the opportunity to see all of the positions we have available and we engage them on a regular basis when we have openings that we think they would be a good fit for. So they get a competitive advantage uh, versus the people who only look at job platforms or even people who are working with uh, recruiters. So you have information faster, probably information that's more rounded that other people wouldn't get since they already know the organization also insight into a bit more knowledge of where a fit for them would be appropriate since they know the structure uh, and how everything works at Sodexo. Yep. So that number of 20% of hiring pre-pandemic, that is huge. (laughs) <laughs> Let me take a bit deeper into that. Is this the why of Sodexo's network? Is this the why you started this alumni network or has this developed over time? Because 20% saves an organization a lot of money. Hiring is expensive nowadays. This really was one lever in the program. Because of the work that we do as you're winding down from your career and, and getting settled into retirement, our services run that full life cycle. And so it was really important for us to have people leave the organization with a positive experience. We knew we would interact with them at some point. It was likely throughout their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted them to be brand ambassadors for us and have positive recognition of our organization. Many of the people who leave the org- organization might at some point become our clients. And there was that piece that From a business development perspective, if they were no longer employees of the company, they could become our client partners. And so we wanted to make sure that we secured that relationship in the offboarding. And then the third piece became the acquisition of talent and rehiring. So really, that was a third bucket, but not the primary originally. And it's still, I'd say, depending on the time of year and move up and down as it relates to priority. Mm -hmm. You're bringing up a very good point now with the three buckets that you looked at, the the three focus areas. Typically and traditionally, corporate alumni networks are very popular in the consulting industry, have been for a very long time, even more mature than your network is. Mm -hmm. And the reason is predominantly that there is very short tenures that are expected from staff members at consulting organizations. And they have the same kind of goals you mentioned here. They want to have their alumni become either a client once they're decision makers Mm -hmm. at another organization. They want to gain intelligence from them, information exchange, use them as a mentor, maybe even as well have them join the organization again at some point as a consultant or in some other form. And the brand ambassador topic is a big one for all organizations. Uh, A lot of studies have come out recently where 
for example, organizations are comparing ratings on Glassdoor.com or other career sites where we see that organizations who have corporate alumni networks get mm-hmm. better ratings than organizations who don't have corporate alumni networks. Have you been monitoring that sort of output as well? We do monitor it. We have we monitor it overall from both our former employees as well as our existing employees. We do feel strongly about the fact that because of our number of returnees, that it would naturally impact the comments and, and the scoring that we receive. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the positive experience you wanted to give your employees, especially also during the offboarding process. We know that talent acquisition teams put a lot of focus on outstanding onboarding processes because we want our team members to have a great start at an organization right away. And we also want them to know what the organization is about, what the culture is like, what we mm-hmm. value as an organization. But the offboarding process has often just been a little bit of an aside, less efforts, less planning. It just happens without a lot of structure. How is Reconnections impacting your talent experience strategy? Yeah, so I think that's an it's important an important piece. Regardless of how someone leaves the organization, we do reach out to them within the first 30 days of their departure. We invite them to stay connected with Sodexo. We ask them to update their profile so that they become a member of Reconnections. And that gives us the ability to continue to communicate with them as they proceed with their separation from the organization. So from within that first month, Mm -hmm. We are in contact with them. And then there's communication that will go out thereafter pretty regularly. But it is that first 30 days that we try to capture them. Yeah, they're essential. And do you do this in an email, via a letter? Do you bring that up already during the offboarding or the exit interview? What does it look like in a day-to-day scenario? Depending on the employee's situation on how they're offboarding, we make sure that we orient them to the program prior to them leaving the organization. But if for some reason that was missed, they do receive an email from the company within that first 30 days, introducing them to reconnections and then urging them to set up a profile mm-hmm. and stay connected. Mm -hmm. Do people who already work at the organization, are they familiar with reconnections? How do you connect those two? Yeah, that's a a great question. And I will tell you that initially, this is years ago, when we first were launching the program, culturally, we weren't ready for this type of program. Traditionally, when someone left the organization, they left and that was the end. So there was not only an education process, but we also had to demonstrate the value to our stakeholders, to our existing employees. And if you fast forward to where we are today, 12 or 13 years later, as our hiring managers post positions, when they have openings on their teams, they come to our recruiters and they say, I am looking for a current internal and or I would also absolutely love a former employee who has some subjective experience, but also went out and and had some uh, different experience, diverse experience. Maybe it's with a competitor. Maybe they stepped into a different industry, but I think we could benefit from that. So today, how things have changed is our hiring managers are asking us to attract those candidates, reach out to our former employees. This is the ideal scenario, but really hard to reach. And it takes years and it probably takes a lot of work from people like you to educate, to be transparent and to show the value. Because a lot of organizations that have corporate alumni networks still tell me, oh, 
previous hiring managers may have hard feelings and they don't want to even consider boomerang hires like we call them. What is it that you did and your team did to talk to hiring managers who may not be so familiar of the advantages of, of a corporate alumni rehire? Yeah, I think it was initially it was the um, education process and talking a lot about the value of uh, the experience, the value of those who left in good standing, the value of the experience that is gained from when somebody leaves the organization and then is able to bring back that experience. So I would say those three things were primary in the initial education and rollout process. I think we were able to step away from that a few years into it because as we um, started to have more returnees, we also profiled them, you know, and and have them out there on our internal websites. We were interviewing them. We had them featured so that they could tell their story about their career journey away from Sodexo and how they returned. So we took it back as the second phase of it. And then as that number started to grow, truly the candidate pool itself was what turned the perceptions around because we had so many returnees who were working that it became just part of who we are as an organization. They are a great resource. Do you have any information or metrics on how much value they add? Do they stay longer in an organization? Do they need shorter periods of time to get reoriented, mm-hmm. uh, to be trained? Yeah, I will tell you, we, you would look at it from a, d- a few different perspectives. You know, one from the recruitment perspective, just your time out in the market and the vacancy time. We have instant communication with this candidate pool. And so we typically can recruit them quicker than we, we can somebody who is not as familiar with the organization. So I think from a vacancy perspective, I would start there to say, there's definitely shorter vacancy times when we're filling with a former employee, which is great. But I think they probably where the biggest impact is during the orientation and ramp up time. Their ability to hit the ground running is much quicker than somebody who is new to the organization and has to learn the organization, maybe even learn our industry. So that takes uh, longer for uh, someone who's not a former employee. And then the great news is we do find once they return, they also stay longer than some of our other hires. So uh, there is a commitment once they've left the organization, went into that space of where they thought the grass was going to be greener and then decided to return to Sodexo. Their tenure tends to be longer. So they basically made a conscious decision that, hey, this is what I've known before. This is where I should be. And that also shows in the duration of the tenure. Exactly. Yep. So time savings, shorter vacancies during the hiring process, also a more speedy onboarding process and orientation, and they stay at the organization longer when we're looking at their tenure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's excellent value for an organization. Do you still have to sometimes try and convince senior leadership of the value of your alumni network, or is it now so integrated into Sodexo's culture and fiber that it's a natural, nobody questions its value anymore. I would say we really don't have to sell it. I think the one thing we do keep in mind is there is always the question of how do we vet the candidate to ensure that this person is uh, wanting to return or this is a person that should return. And so we do have processes in place. And I think that becomes part of the education process 
with leadership to make them feel comfortable with the processes we have in place. But by far, those are less of an issue for us. We have had a great success with people returning. Mm-hmm. Let's switch gears a bit to the point of view of the members of your network. I'd love to see from their perspective what the feedback is that you get. They obviously are aware that there is additional career opportunities for them going forward. Should they ever be interested in it? They have a pool of information on open positions that wouldn't be out in the open market. But what other value, what other services do you provide to them via that network? Yeah, a couple of things. We do professional um, and personal career development via webinars. We're a national organization and we have employees all over the country. And right out of the gate, 10 plus years ago, we were offering these services to them virtually and on a variety of topics. They happen throughout the year. Um, we've extended um, invitations for them to join us on any of the community service projects that we take on in areas that are local to them. So before that was mostly open to um, existing employees. We, we now um, allow the former employees to join us in those events. And from that perspective, there is the personal and professional uh, development and then the continued networking, which is, of course, extremely important. I like the fact that you're including them in the giving back component that's so important to team members, and it helps form those deep connections and relationships at a human level away from the yeah. professional motivations. Yeah. And people participate in that as well, working good? Yeah, and I, I, I do think that's like one of the commonalities that the employees at Sodexo have. We are in the service industry, so when you join this organization, you have to have a passion for service, and it doesn't leave you. So even when you leave the organization, I think that's just the nature of the talents that we employ as an organization. And so it extends after leaving the company. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a very good thought. And I don't see a lot of people actually bring former and current employees together to give back to the communities yeah. that they live in. Very good. I like that as best practice model. <laughs> um, you briefly touched on a point that I think is really important to some of our audience members. We know that not every employee that leaves an organization is in good standing. And that's where kind of the challenges come where you as somebody who manages that network needs to decide, do we include those people? Do we not include those people? Do we include them in everything? How do we communicate with them and how do we service them going forward? I'm sure you've had those difficult conversations with your teams. Yeah. From early on, we made the commitment that we would invite um, everyone who worked for the organization and was leaving the organization to join the community. They have access to any of the professional development, personal development that we offer, the community events, the networking opportunity is where things might take two different paths is on the rehiring process. And so for someone to be able to rejoin the organization. They have had to leave the organization in good standing. And if they did, then they just continue on with their career path with Sodexo. So that would be the only difference. That's also very rare. A lot of people have different approaches and don't include that group in their networks. We are um, definitely an organization that has been on a diversity journey for 20 plus years. And where we can, we try to be as inclusive as we possibly can be. And I think that shows in um, how we approach some of our work. And, and this would be a good example of that. 
Absolutely. So Lisa, um, I touched a little bit on a challenge of growing a network. And mm -hmm. we know that once an organization starts an alumni network, we are not going to see that hockey stick growth. It's a slow right. process. It's building, like we're building a house, one brick at a time, one person at a time, one step at a time. Do you have any best practice models to share from how to grow and scale such a network? And also, what are some pitfalls that organizations who are interested in starting their own corporate alumni network, what yeah. they should be aware of and look out for? Yeah, I think one of the things I would say is when you approach this and you have all these ideas of we can do this and we should do this, I would say pick the top three things that you think could make um, the biggest impact immediately and start there and see how that impacts the membership and the engagement. And then you can continue to add components into your program. I think too often we want to overcommit <laughs> and then we find we've got too many things going on at the same time and we can't really get anything to the point where we feel like we're really getting that return. So I do feel like it's okay to say uh, we're going to pick two or three priorities and that's what we're going to focus on for year one or year two. Mm -hmm. And then we can evaluate where we are and determine what our next steps are. When we were starting our program, we had a, a list of things that we want to do X, Y, and Z. And then we realized, okay, one, how many resources could we commit? And then two, based on those resources, what could we get done and get done really well? And so to me, that would be the best advice I could give on don't feel like you have to do everything at once. Get something done really well. I think that's a very good point. We need to introduce something and then look at what the success of this one project, of this one service is rather than introducing 10 things at a time, because then we don't know what works and what doesn't work. We need to always be in constant communication with our members, with the people that we're putting these services out for, just to see what works for them and what doesn't. And one thing may work at your alumni network that may not work at mine, because people exactly. have needs and those change over time as well. So you can um, constantly iterate uh, with that perspective. And what are the pitfalls that you would advise somebody to watch out for? I think initially, and I just touched on it, the resource allocation, realistically, uh, what um, kind of resource, how, how much of the resources we'll have available. We talked a little bit about leadership, uh, yeah. making sure that you have had those meetings with leadership, that you've addressed any concerns that you have plans for. We talked about overloading the program. Don't try to do too much uh, too soon. I think it's it's totally fine to start smaller and, and plan on building bigger in the future. And I think too often we feel like the alumni program could become like a marketing channel for an organization. And it might eventually, but I think that's not where you want to have your primary objective start. You really want it to be for the former employees. Mm -hmm. And if you do a, a good job with a thoughtful program, then it will turn into a marketing channel for an organization. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very good point. The main purpose that you set out with, it shouldn't be getting something back from our members. It should be giving to them first and then organically having them want to give something back in return. And get that engagement, get that overall interest, let them see the value. And then based on their experience, it'll result into that secondary uh, win for you. 
when I'm speaking with organizations uh, of different sizes, different geographic locations, also a variety of sectors, I often say, oh, everybody should have a corporate alumni network. But in recent months, mm-hmm. backpedaling a little bit. What's your thought on this? So I think, truly, I really believe that any type of organization would benefit mm-hmm. because it's a smart strategy for managing talent. It, it makes sense from a t- management perspective from a branding perspective, even more now, I think with the situation that the pandemic has put us in today with the way the labor market is and how competitive it is, this gives you that candidate pool who has experience with your organization. It really is like a no-brainer. But I think, again, depending on the size of your organization, you could determine how you would approach it. But I absolutely think it would benefit any organization. It's giving the organization the opportunity to own the total life cycle of employment and those things for life so that they're a resource that don't come and go, but that they're a resource they can tap anytime the organization needs it. And that supports the operative goals and the organizational goals in the long run. We're also talking strategy when we're talking alumni networks. This isn't just something that is being thrown in and not integrated into the entire organization's strategy and future goals. Yep, exactly. How do you develop these strategies? Are you at the table with the rest of the senior leadership when you're looking at what's going to be the focus for the next three years, the five years, 10 years? Do you have a voice there for the corporate alumni efforts? At at Sodexo, it sits within talent acquisition. So, you know, the primary focus today is from a recruiting perspective. But I think where necessary or when there are opportunities, we absolutely have the ability to leverage throughout the organization. But primarily, it is from an HR perspective. So how should organizations best go about getting started? You mentioned a few of the thoughts that you need to put into in the beginning. How do you get uh, buy-in from senior leadership? Mm -hmm. How do you secure your funding. Yeah, I think going into it, you really want to understand why do we want to start this? What's the end in mind here for us? Define what you're hoping to gain from maintaining those relationships, not only from the organization's perspective, but also from the employee's perspective. What is the benefit for them mm-hmm. to be engaged and what would they you know, receive um, by joining a network that you might want to create? For us, once we determined that, we then created a marketing strategy on how we were going to engage our alumni and educate our internals of why the program would be valuable. Mm -hmm. To me, those were the key points. We had to make sure that we had something to go to market with and we had to have the support internally. Mm -hmm. And then our plan consisted of consistent communication. We wanted to be in front of the alumni consistently. We wanted them to have access to Sodexo not only from a job perspective, but what we were working on. We do a lot of out in the community. We are in a variety of markets. We offer you know, more than 100 different services. And so we wanted to be able to get all of that out to our former employees so that they could see the work that we were doing. It sounds to me like you're describing that with consistent communication, we're identifying the most important success factor for your alumni mm-hmm. network. Yeah. Engagement, the communication, transparency. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Let me ask you one last question, Lisa. You've mentioned COVID-19 earlier and the recent developments we've seen where organizations have to face challenges in the shift and how they manage 
their teams, how they onboard new hires. What trends do you see in regards to alumni networks for talent acquisition purposes? Yeah, I think right now the labor market is uh, one that we have never seen before. And depending on where you sit, that could be a, a good thing. We talked a little bit about how quickly the talent is being scooped up. But I also think you want to focus on what happened during the pandemic. And we know that women were the most hard hit during the pandemic. We saw a lot of women exit the workforce. We have a very large network of women who worked for the company. We have the ability to work with that group to make them aware of our opportunities and, and keep them engaged. So I think keeping women and getting women back into the workforce is something the program um, can help with. Mm -hmm. Overall diversity as well. It is helpful today as we're coming out of, we hope, the pandemic. Often good things like that happen organically and you end up where you're supposed to be with your efforts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Lisa, thank you so very much for sharing your expertise today. Valuable thoughts as always. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Enjoyed talking about and sharing um, about reconnections. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.